Well, good morning and welcome to The Table. We um, we started this podcast and called it The Table because um, our, our table has always been a place mm. that anyone is welcome and awesome. we can just be real yeah. and and just share and talk about life and ups and downs. And um, it's just always been a place of warmth. And so that's what we want All right, that's to amazing. bring. So welcome, Rita Springer. Yeah. I, I tried so hard last night not to turn into fangirl. Oh, you're and so sweet. Kind I of was like, there's no need to fan <laughs> out here. <laughs> kind of did in the car a little bit. <laughs> but I've, I've got it under control now. And I... <laughs> I'm, I'm really just thanking God for the gift so of sweet. you to the body and and to us thank for decades. For so thank you. Yeah. Um, talk to me about um, what do you see coming for the church in worship? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I it my first kind of like ugh, is that there's so much I think. Well, in that question. It's such a loaded question. I think I came off of a, of a year in 2022 where I probably would have had a different answer just based on, um, what I was seeing probably post COVID, but I think a lot of the stuff that, um, that was coming out, Mm -hmm. uh, some of it, you know, publicly in some of, uh, church streams and worship that we've seen and Mm -hmm. the documentaries that we've, um, uh, seen posted. And uh, I think some of that is just stuff that's hidden, that's brought to the light. And sometimes things like a pandemic will, a pandemic will force things into the light. Right. And so I, I, I have this really um, beautiful kind of piece that God has a timing on what he brings, but there's always something that he's wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And then if we get distracted by what makes us heart sick. Uh-huh. We can't see the fulfillment of the tree of life. You know, hope deferred mm-hmm. makes the heart sick. And I think I, I struggled as a, um, worship leader, mother in, uh, in worship, having really tried to navigate my life in a, in a way of, um, right standing, mm-hmm. uh, and seeing what I was seeing, I was just losing heart. Yeah. And so I really felt pressed to start praying for um, the the fulfillment of life instead mm-hmm. of the hope deferred. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do believe that God is really trying to bring us back to, in worship, in the church, mm-hmm. um, the standard of, of a holiness that isn't um, kind of in the context of religion, right. but really bringing back a need for relationship with Jesus. Right. It's too obvious when you get on any kind of a social media platform to see the lack of relationship with Jesus, right. the lack of, of even a younger generation. They don't even know scripture. Right. They, they don't even open the Bible to read scripture to understand right. scripture. <clears throat> and I think... That has to change, right? In order for um, the value and the, um, the the purity of our stages to be back in the hands of the Lord, mm-hmm. and so how do you do that? How do you how do you encourage a generation to come back to something they don't know? My my son's um, almost nineteen. He's never had a revival experience. I had the revival experience. Right. I mean, I remember when I I took him through a fire tunnel. He thought it was a fire tunnel. He thought he was, he might get burned. 
And I, I thought, gosh, he doesn't have any kind of a understanding. There's no for, context no, for it. No, because yeah. I mean, I was in the Brownsville days. I, yeah. I grew up watching legs grow around campfires and shakalaka uh-huh. boomdie uh-huh. and people speaking in tongues <laughs> everywhere. Even, even when I was like, that stuff's weird. Uh-huh. But I was brought into an understanding of the value of what it really was. Uh-huh. And then started walking in the... Um, in the relationship of it and not the religion of it. Right. And then my life just exploding in Mm -hmm. understanding. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we don't have an understanding in a generation. The Z generation has no real clear understanding. They need an encounter. Right. And, um, and so part of it is just praying, God, bring encounter, Mm -hmm. like bring radical encounter on college campuses. I Mm -hmm. think that's why Asbury was so important. Right. And so important not to get out of control and not to be made something that could just end up down the road because we've seen that. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. And I think that that's why I was so protective of Asbury. Like I didn't, I didn't feel this need to rush down there and be a part of it as an older right. person. I was like, no, I, as an older person, I'm going to stand to the sidelines and pray that God just infiltrate these young minds uh-huh. and give them give them the platform of understanding what true worship really means and the cost right. of it. Right. Because I don't think in the church we talk about the cost of it as much. Right. So I, I mean, that's a loaded answer to a probably a very simple question, but that's what I'm praying for because right. I want worship to change for a generation that's up and coming. Mm-hmm. I, I think that as we look over the landscape of what God is doing, I'm actually almost excited in a weird kind of way mm-hmm. that that this next generation doesn't have a context for some of it because it feels like there doesn't have to be as much dismantling yeah of of perhaps a, a religious yeah um, type expression and and that that coupled with that there there has to be some mothering and fathering that comes alongside because that that zeal that is ignited when they have that encounter with Jesus yeah then needs to be um protected and covered and and um discipled with the word so I, I think that... Yeah, um, I, I actually fully agree with that. I think the only thing I think COVID did to this generation, this younger generation, is that he isolated them. And so absolutely. they're very much focused in in a self-consumption uh-huh. and a me, 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 me focus. Right. And, and sometimes I'm like, oh, I'd rather have them have a little bit of religious connotation than a me, me, me focus. Right. Because it's almost a... Um, I don't need anybody else because I'm my own God. I'm right. my own this. I'm my right. own that. And I think that's therein lies almost like a self religion. Uh-huh. That it's the mental part of that. I think is the thing that's just so earth shattering to me. Uh-huh. It's like this is so simple. Even having conversations with with my own son, it's like wait, 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 wait. This is pretty simple. Like this is black and white here. But the way that the isolation causes them to see it uh-huh. is that it's not it's not the black and white that we say. It's like well, yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. but it could be this. Yeah, and you know, I was just I was at um, Belmont University last week. Mm-hmm. I had just been asked to speak. Um, to a bunch of worship leading students there. And, and I just kind of walked in and I just was, 
I'm just talking like I normally talk. Mm-hmm. And I felt the Lord say, apologize as a parent um, for the way they've never been parented um, and shown the love of Christ. And so I was just kind of talking about this. And then I, there were all of these women, other these young women in there, mm-hmm. and there were like maybe 12 guys. And so I stood the guys up and I'm like, I don't know if Belmont's like into the prophetic, but I'm like, I'm about maybe to start revival here. And I prophesied over these guys. Uh-huh. And, you know, guys are like, they're, they're kind of non-emotional. And so, you know, they had their hands in their pocket. But then I, I just, they started coming up one after the other afterward. And, and one of them just emailed me and he said he was just shaking on the inside. Mm-hmm. He, and he just thanked me for having the honesty to stand up as an older person and speak life into, um, into what God was doing. Because he said, I, I've never seen anybody do that. Uh-huh. And I just was like, oh, where are the mothers and fathers? Yeah. Like, where are the mothers and fathers? of the church that we have stopped. You know, our generation somewhere lost it. Yeah. You know, as much as we love our kids and we've parented our kids as, as under under the Lord, it's like, where has the, where are the, where is our generation parenting these kids, right. you know? And I think it's really not these kids' fault as, as much as it's the generation. Agreed. That just didn't parent them, that right. didn't teach them relationship, right. that didn't teach them, you know, just really good, solid, run after Jesus, run after Jesus, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Anyway, it seems like we were trying to, you know, be so involved yeah. that we allowed, in my opinion, their current interest to become what led us instead of, yeah. instead of we love Jesus yeah, and do this. Yeah. It seemed like we kind of started worshiping at the God of potential yeah. of what our kids might be. They, they, they could play in the NBA. They could, you know, go to the NFL and, and honestly, um, how many, what's the percentage yeah, yeah, yeah. of people that actually do that? But all of us can love Jesus yeah. well. And if, if we had started with that, yeah. I think we would have you been You know, one of the best successful. things I think the Lord ever said to me when Justice was born, um, and I adopted him from birth, so I've had him from birth. And um, I think maybe by the time he was two, he wanted to be a garbage truck driver. And, you know, when <laughs> probably all boys want to be garbage truck drivers. You know, they uh-huh. wait for the garbage truck. And um, that's how I got rid of the pacifier is we uh-huh. put all the pacifiers in the garbage truck when he was ready to get rid of the pacifier. Brilliant. But he wanted to be a, a garbage truck driver. And I remember thinking, no, you don't want to be a garbage truck driver. Uh-huh. And the Holy Spirit just quickened me. And he said, um, don't ever tell him that um, what he wants to do isn't the best for him. And mm-hmm. he said, in fact, never ask me what he's going to become. Wow. And I was like, well, isn't that a parent right, you know, mm-hmm. to ask the Lord what their child's going to become? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, but you'd screw it up. And he said, the last thing I want is for you to ask me what he's going to become. And then you, seeing in part, hearing in part, speaking a, 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 like a, a legacy over him mm-hmm. that isn't really what I said. And then you put on this weight on his shoulders that he feels like he has to become something because God told his mom. Right. And he's like, and then he carries a weight that's never been his weight to carry. Right. He's like, just don't ask me. Don't screw this up. Right. And so I remember the first thing I did was when he... He said, I want to be a garbage truck driver. I started just saying, oh, you're going to be, I, I, I mean, the garbage truck business 
is going to just go out of control if you're the garbage truck driver because you're going to be the best garbage truck driver in the world. <laughs> I mean, people from all over the world are going to be like, look at this garbage truck driver. He's amazing. <laughs> and you could just kind of see him pump up like, uh-huh. you believe I could be the best garbage truck driver in the world? And uh-huh. I saw that thing on his face. You know, he's almost 19. And I've never once asked God what he's going to become. Uh-huh. But the Lord said I could ask the Lord the kind of character that he'd carry. Mm. And that has actually been... Um, like to me, like 101 great parenting, Mm -hmm. because, and the other thing that was so, I think so relevant, um, was such revelation from the Lord as the Lord said, learn to apologize. Mm -hmm. He said, when you're wrong, apologize to him. Mm -hmm. Because if he watches you learn how to apologize for the mistakes that you're making, Mm -hmm. then he realizes how much he can trust you. Mm -hmm. And so there'd be moments, Dana, when I like... I remember I said to him, I think he was in the fifth or sixth grade and he wasn't studying. He was in a private school and I was breaking my back trying to keep him there, you know, mm-hmm. just because I felt like he was supposed to have this education. And, uh-huh. and um, I said to him, if you don't, if you don't put, you know, study and if you don't do the work, I will take you out of this school and put him to bed that night. And man, the Lord came down on me and he said, don't you ever, ever say anything like that to me. I'm the one that opened up a way for him to be in this school. I'm the mm-hmm. only one that could take him out of the school. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything. I'm the only one that will take him out of the school. Mm-hmm. So I need you to wake him up now at 11.15 p.m. at night, and I need you to apologize for the way that you said that because I can't have you partnering with the devil mm-hmm. and how to bring him down. And I mm-hmm. just was like... <laughs> and and so I, I, I learned to live in fear of God the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so arrested as a mom with certain things that I would say just out of worry or just right. out of like my own insecurities and my right. own lack of letting God come in those areas of my life. And mm-hmm. I mean, we all do it as mothers, you know, mm-hmm. but I just learned really quick to wake him up or to be like, oh, you know what I just, and I just all, even all throughout high school, there mm-hmm. were moments where. You know, we were in therapy once in COVID mm-hmm. and the, the, the therapist said to me, just, I mean, you know, ju- he said to justice, justice, you, um, do you feel like you could tell your mom? And I was like, Oh God, you know, inside I'm just uh-huh. like, Oh God, Oh God, what's going to happen here? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, mom, when at 11 o'clock at night, you get this kind of idea to change all the furniture uh-huh. in a room. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh man, here it comes, here it comes. And he's like, but your back can't handle that because you have got a bad back. And then you end up, it's taking longer, it's taking more time and you end up sobbing and crying on the floor because your back is killing you. But I'm trying to help you do this because you have this idea at 11 o'clock at night, let's just get this done, Uh you know? And it's part of the control, you know, where it's just like, I've got this idea in my head, I got to push this idea, that creative thing that... Mm -hmm. And he just said, I don't know what to do with that. And I feel guilty because I can't help you through it. And then mm. I feel the weight of it. And I just, it, it, it weighs heavy on my heart because I feel like I'm the one that's made a mistake. And uh, mm-hmm. I just, in that therapist's office, I just started sobbing. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, please forgive me mm-hmm. for the areas in my life that I haven't let the Lord take a hold of mm-hmm. that end up in a moment where I'm trying to get something worked out. It has nothing to do with moving furniture, mm-hmm. but it has everything to do with my, the own chaos in my own heart. Mm-hmm. And then I bring you into that swarm with me. Mm-hmm. And that's not on you. Mm-hmm. And it was so healing in that therapist's office because I didn't know he was feeling that. Right. 
But thank God he was honest enough to tell the therapist where, where here's where some of my pressures are. And to be the parent that's like, you're the culprit for some of the pressure. It's like, oh, Jesus, forgive me for, mm-hmm. for my own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and we do it all the time. And I think, I think as parents, it's like even parenting this younger generation that's coming up. I, mm-hmm. I think they call it the alpha generation now. I think it's called the alpha um, it's like, oh gosh, if we can just learn to, um, just get healed, like mm-hmm. just get healed, get mm-hmm. free of our own stuff. So we're not giving another generation mm-hmm. all the things that we're not able to let mm-hmm. the Lord take, you know, how, how great that's going to be. For, yeah. For and, and though we will never be fully healed because yeah. healing is yeah. this process. Yeah. But how powerful is it to to when we realize there's still yeah. more to be done oh, yeah. to Always. to have those conversations with our yeah. kids of like I I blew yeah. that. I'm so sorry because it gives them permission. Yeah. Also to not have it all worked out yet. Yeah. You know, to to keep moving yeah. and understanding that it's a process. Absolutely. And what a huge skill to give to our kids of yeah. of learning to say, this is what I'm feeling and this is what I need. And then allow you as a parent yeah. to to apologize, to say, how can how can I be better at this with you? Yeah. And and continue to move because, yeah. you know, you you also run the risk of, you know, that being a, that perfect parent, yeah, that never lets kids see that we're all still human, yeah, and yeah. we will make mistakes. And um, you know, I used to think that my mom was just perfect, yeah, and it that put a tremendous amount of pressure yeah. on me. And then, as I finally got older and saw some of the cracks, I thought, oh, okay. This is okay that I yeah. that I blew this, yeah. and so I think, man, what a what a powerful gift to be in therapy, yeah, to show, oh yeah, like like yeah, I don't have this all figured out, yeah. and and to be willing to sit and have someone help you get on the same yeah, page, yeah. Well, you know, he I, I had a um, really sweet conversation with the Lord too about. About just the the whole role in this, you know, he just kind of struggled a little bit with COVID and, you know, he's, he's black. So we had to go through the whole racial tension that Mm -hmm. went on through COVID and all that kind of stuff, which he's such a, his name is Justice. So he's so, he's so equality centered, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you're, when your child really doesn't have a, he he said to me one day, you know, I don't, I I don't want, he was a musician, but he's like, I don't want to do what you do. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to be on the stage like you're on the stage. And I don't. And I'm like, you mean you don't want to do ministry? And he's like, yeah. Uh-huh. He's like, I have no desire to do that. And I'm like, hey, man, if there's anything that I've ever, any way that I've ever made you feel like that that was the way I needed you to go, let me just release you from that. I don't uh-huh. need you to do that. Uh-huh. But there was this thing with him where it's like, man, how come he's not like, he's not more vocal. Like I'm, I'm a verbal processor. And so there are things that I'm like, I mean, I wish he was just more vocal about his faith and blah, blah, blah. And one day the Lord just said, Hey, can I just tell you something from Justice's perspective? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that would be so beautiful. Lord. And he said, you're a lot. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, huh, what? 
And he's like, no, here's what I'm saying. Imagine you having the parent that you are to him. Your parents were not doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. He has spent his entire life watching you drape your heart and your life over people. There are people in your house constantly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to go up all the time and be like, hey, so-and-so is here for the weekend. They're struggling with this. They're Uh going to be upstairs. You know, there's probably going to be some long conversations, blah, blah, blah. blah. Mm -hmm. And Wardy's house is a revolving door of artists and creative, some of them who are in between tours and um, who become family to him. And some mm-hmm. of them are just really struggling with some uh-huh. stuff that come to the mother's house. to, And so he's just, the Lord's like, he's seen all of this stuff. And imagine from a young person's perspective, the way that you cover, the way that you love, the way that you cook for people, the way he, he, he can't do that. Like that, that's not in his wheelhouse to do. Mm-hmm. And so to become like you or to be like you involves all of those things. I mean, during 14 years of the creative arts school I did where I would bring 12 to 20 students from all over the world in for a week. They were mm-hmm. in our house and he was a kid playing with, you know, Hot Wheels under the car. And he was hearing people cry and get delivered and healed mm-hmm. and people telling some of the most horrific things that have happened to them. And uh-huh. he was just in the midst of that. Yeah. And the Lord's like, you're a lot. Mm-hmm. Like for somebody like Justice, who's an introvert mm-hmm. and who thinks internally quietly mm-hmm. and you're his mother mm-hmm. and then his faith has to look like your faith. Like that's a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like give him the freedom Mm-hmm. To be able to find me the way that he would find me. Yeah. Because he's not going to find me the way you're going to find me. Mm-hmm. And that was so freeing for me because I was like, yeah, like he's not, he's not verbal processing. Mm-hmm. It takes everything sometimes to get any kind of a, you know, I mean, I, I used to <laughs> laugh when he was a kid because I would be howling at some of the things that we would watch, uh-huh. but he wouldn't crack but a smile. I mean, his, his big laugh was like, hmm. Uh-huh. And it was like, that was your big laugh. Uh-huh. But then, you know, um, Coyote would get knocked off a cliff by the roadrunner. Uh-huh. And he would go into fits of laughter. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's what you find funny? <laughs> you know, it was like almost like this weird, sarcastic humor. Uh-huh. And and I realized, oh, my gosh, he's beautiful in a way that's all his own. Mm-hmm. And I, it was so healthy for me as a parent and so healing for me as a parent to hear the parents of God, because I parented with the Lord, mm-hmm. kind of come in saying, don't try, pull out all the stops that you think he'll grab what you grabbed a hold of. He, that's mm-hmm. just not his way. Mm-hmm. And give him the freedom to find me the way that he he's going to find me. Mm-hmm. And really, some of the most beautiful conversations with him about the Lord have been his perspective uh-huh. and being like, huh, wow. Like that's actually pretty pretty amazing that you saw him like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've actually learned the language, somebody else's language yeah. of finding Jesus. Uh-huh. And it's not in any way, shape or form in the way that I found the Lord. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I don't know what your childhood was like, but my childhood was impoverished, um, uncertain. You know, my parents were both dead by the time I was 21. Mm -hmm. And and so he's never experienced anything that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. So the Lord had to remind me about that too. He's Mm -hmm. like, you know, there's a... A generation of people that have never had that, that don't mm-hmm. don't have that experience. You can't mm-hmm. expect them to see me the way you see me, because mm-hmm. you found me coming out of caves, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and he just 
you know, he had somebody there constantly. And right. So right. It, it is, you just almost have to like bear down and realize, okay, 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 this is a different scenario. Uh-huh. And some of these young people, you know, their stories are 10 times more traumatic than mine uh-huh. ha- has been. But some of them are just like, no, like I come from a moderately well-off family and we just never talked about God. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, oh, you know, there is no need. Yeah. There is no need for Jesus. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, I mean, I was drastically, I was born in the dry lands, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I had a need to find yeah, Jesus. You had a desperation. I that, had a desperation. That pushed you. Whew. And, and a father who was like, certainly fueled by religion. But I mean, when your dad's coming to you saying, you know, I've got a bad cold called cancer, but the Bible says, if you pray for me, God's going to heal me. You're like, <laughs> you know, when you're seven years old, just trying to figure uh-huh. out how to heal your dad. So those are just drastically different circumstances right. in, in the, uh, the narrative to Jesus. Mm-hmm. than some of these kids today that, you know, the football team that comes over and you're cooking for them and listening to their stories and you're like, ah, yeah, you just go to church every Sunday. You don't have... You've never had to really seek after the Lord. And I feel like the Lord's like, hey, Rita, don't try so hard to cover justice mm-hmm. in, in some of these things that are his experience. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to pad it and then make sure that it's okay, then mm-hmm. he can't find me the way that he needs to find right. me. Right. And I've, I've had to be like, oop. Yeah. You know, I can't be in control of this, you yeah. know, yeah. and he's got to, he's got to have his own way. Yeah. And so I think that's been the hardest thing as, as our children have gotten older is allowing pain yeah, and understanding that, that they can't have their connection to God through me. No, no, absolutely and, not. And when I step in to stop pain, joy, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. I, I'm I'm literally um I'm literally opposing what yeah. God is trying to accomplish yeah. in their life. And and it's tough as a parent. Yeah. Well I think too because the part of us as mothers and, and obviously fathers there is an inner thing to respond to pain. There's an inner thing yes. to... Yes. That's Christ. Yes. Like that's what God does for us. That's what the Father God does for us. Mm-hmm. So those are prophetic um, and and revelatory giftings that God's given us just mm-hmm. as parents. <clears throat> but I always talk about the balance. Like balance is my favorite word in the English mm-hmm. language because I always pull balance into... Try to pull balance mm-hmm. into everything I do. Mm-hmm. And there's got to be a balance to that. It's like, does Jesus sometimes stand off? I mean, I, the 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 explanation that I, I started giving justice is I'm like, look, because he was the dad, right? Mm-hmm. That's just how we talked. Mm-hmm. I was like, your dad, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I needed the Lord more in, in uh, junior high and high school than I'd ever needed God before 100%. in my life. Yes. And so <laughs> I just accessed the Lord in a different way. I was like, hey, look, you, your eyes are on him all the time. My eyes aren't on him. Mm-hmm. So I give you permission just to tell me what I need. Mm-hmm. I'd have God wake me up in the middle of the night, in the morning saying, hey, this is what he's struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where he's hid this. It's in this drawer behind that piece of paper. I'm like, mm-hmm. what, what? And so he ended up calling the God the snitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, I was like, he loves you so much. I and he's like, that. he's just a snitch. <laughs> and I was like, I started getting defensive for the Lord. I was like, he uh-huh. is not. You don't call God. That. And the Lord's uh-huh. like, blah, 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 blah. 
no man, let me be the snitch. Like, I love that name. Mm -hmm. And and I, I felt like the Lord even said, he knows that I know. Uh -huh. It's the best place for him to, mm -hmm. to feel this. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of all that, you know, there was this, this beauty of, of God actually coming in and, and it became the, the regular for justice to realize. And I, I, I said to him, you know, the, the glory, the beauty and the sincerity of the, of the prodigal father mm -hmm. is that he loves you. Mm -hmm. And the reason that he's apprehending you like he's apprehending you now, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I tell this funny story because it became comical to Justice and I, and we actually should have had our own reality TV show because <laughs> it would have been hilarious. Um, but, you know, I mean, in, I, I don't know what grade it was in, but I found some some sleepy time tea uh -huh. um, underneath the, uh, his bathroom sink. And I was like, uh -huh. what is the kid doing with some sleepy time tea? Uh-huh. And I, you know, was just like, what in the world? I was kind of cleaning up it, it, the bathroom area. Mm -hmm. And and I said, what is this? And I hear the Holy Spirit say, oh, he's trying to smoke it. And I'm like, sleepy time tea? <laughs> like, what? You know, I mean, the, the YouTube stuff that's out there right now uh -huh. is insane. And I felt like the Lord started to laugh. And uh -huh. he said, remember when you were a kid and, and you would um, take the corn silk off an ear of corn mm -hmm. and your brothers would dry it in the hot sun. And then they would stuff it between paper and they try to smoke. And I'm like, oh my God, we would smoke corn silk you know, <laughs> growing up in the backyard uh -huh. um, thinking we were so hip and cool, you know. Uh -huh. And he's like, that's basically what he's doing. And I kicked the box down the stairs and he was actually at the at the bar kitchen and the box went tumbling down the stairs. And uh -huh. I said, hey, your father just told me you're trying to smoke this. That's why it's up here. And and I hear from the from the kitchen. Yeah, man, I tried to roll it. And I just started <laughs> howling. And I felt like almost as I was laughing, the belly laugh of the Lord. Uh -huh. And taking the, taking the like, oh God, uh -huh. what's he doing with a bag of tea? Uh -huh. You know, kind of off the table uh -huh. and turning it into this kind of like, he's a kid. Right. He's stupid. Uh -huh. He's just doing dumb stuff uh -huh. because he's trying to find a feeling somewhere. Uh -huh. And so that... That storyline, just I just sat at the base of the stairs and I'm like, bud, what's going on with you? And we really had this beautiful conversation about the need to feel something different than the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bud, I think it's common that you're searching for a feeling. Mm -hmm. um, but if you keep looking for the synthetic, you'll never settle on the real. Right. And I'm like, you know, here's a beautiful thing about the father. I said, the prodigal father is the guy that that he's apprehending you. You call him a snitch, but he's apprehending you. Mm -hmm. I said, the time to tremble is when you ask for your inheritance and you go off and you do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. He says, because then he doesn't apprehend you. Mm -hmm. He just waits for you on the mm -hmm. porch. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't want you to get to a point in your life where your father's waiting on the porch for return. He'll wait. Right. He'll wait, bud. Right. But you need to be so grateful for this season of apprehension because mm -hmm. he doesn't let you get away with anything. Right. Like, I mean, the poor kid, I just was like, oh God, oh God, he's going to get caught. He's going to get caught. Next day he would get caught. Too. And stupid, dumb, you know, teenage yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. But he just, I'm like, dude, you're not, like your name is Justice, man. You're not going to get away with it. And so we would, it would almost be comical because I was like, Justice. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you need to be grateful for the days of apprehension. Right. Because the days of porch waiting mm 
mm-hmm. you really don't want. Right. So he'll be there and he'll wait till you come back. Right. But when you come back, you come back with the shame. You come uh-huh. back with the reproach. You come mm-hmm. back then having to deal with all of the things that mm-hmm. you did. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want you to give the enemy space. Mm-hmm to have that be your story. Mm-hmm. And it was really kind of a beautiful conversation where he was like, I understand, I understand. Mm-hmm. And so now when we have any kind of like, even college stuff, it's like, just remember the prodigal father mm-hmm. and the apprehension of God. Mm-hmm. And even like, you know, you talk about worship with, with justice. He's such a great musician. who doesn't want to be a worship leader, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's influence, right? Mm-hmm. And so our conversations now are influential. So, you know, he's a rapper and it's like, I love rap music. I think rap re- music is great. And um, and I don't like the compromising of it at all, but I love what he loves. And I mm-hmm. love that his, his DNA beats to a different rhythm and mm-hmm. he's just so articulate in the way that he finds all of this beautiful. I think he should actually score films because mm-hmm. he's just so epic in his, you know, in his... Um, uh, um, what do they call it? Um, lo-fi kind of mm-hmm. like beats and raps and, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, some of the lyrics that he kind of comes up with and, and I'm never like, Oh my God, you're saying this, you're saying that. I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, he's going to say this. He's a teenager. He's going to say all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's like, please don't get disrupted by his own process of trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So we have these conversations about influence mm-hmm. and I, and I'm like, Hey man, when you're writing about this stuff, have you experienced that? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, no. I'm like, no, that's just somebody else's story, bro. It's like you're trying to tell somebody else's drug story. That's mm-hmm. not your story. Right. So it's inauthentic. Right. And I'm like, it, do you feel like you have to be in this kind of thing in order to tell this? I'm like, that's a fake story. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and who are you trying to influence? Because your little cousins uh-huh. think you hung the moon. Uh-huh. But when you write those kind of lyrics and the influence has nothing to do with like just influencing your soul to actually breathe. I'm not talking about talking about God or using mm-hmm. the name of God. Uh-huh. I'm like, you're fine using all this other stuff. And that's not even your story. Right. So it's actually really cool to talk to this generation on, on those terms, mm-hmm. even in the lines of songwriting and worship leading. It's mm-hmm. like, is your worship leading authentic? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you're standing up there and you're you're telling a story about Jesus in these songs. Right. Have you ever truly experienced that? Right. Because your authority goes as far as your experience. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And it's like if if you're so ashamed of what you did the night before that you're standing on that stage as a worship leader mm-hmm. and you're you're um, you know, I've seen you move, God, you move the uh-huh. mountains, you'll yeah. do it again. And you're like, you have no belief that God's ever gonna even it's like that's inauthentic. Right. And, and the enemy is, is having a field day um, changing the influence mm-hmm. of our songwriters mm-hmm. so that the influence isn't authentic. Mm-hmm. It's actually this kind of um, borrowed influence. Mm-hmm. You know? So talk to us about your, your mentorship. How, how do you help these young worship leaders if they walk in and they say, I'm, I'm a fantastic musician and I've got all of that down and yeah. they walk in and they think I've got it. 
How do you help them? Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily in mentoring, you know, a lot of what I have to do is have to go on the prophetic. Mm -hmm. So I'll be praying for these people before they come online. Mm -hmm. God will usually tell me a few things. Mm -hmm. But I, I've, I've realized just in... So God is still a snitch, even yeah, with... Oh, constantly. <laughs> he's, he's great. Um, but, I, you know, doing DIVE, which was an acronym for Deep Innovative Vertical Expression, where I pulled these creatives in. And, you know, they all came in with their like their giftings and their talents. And I'm like, I don't care what you're gifted in. I mm -hmm. could care less what you, how you sound. Mm -hmm. And most of them come in as, as that as the crutch, right? Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is their hearts are just smeared by all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that what I was doing at that point was almost like a disassembling school uh -huh. of, of the character that they thought I had, they thought they came in with, mm -hmm. or the talents that they thought that they came in with. Um, I went after the heart. I went mm -hmm. after the, the the blood vessel that almost burst in the minute, minute they, they got there and said, mm -hmm. yeah, God's not looking at what, what you offer him in gifting. Mm -hmm. He's actually looking at the intention of your heart. Where's your heart, you know, where's your heart focused? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you get, you know, we, I had a week with those, with those, uh, with those students and you get, I mean, some of the stories I, I, it, I had to actually maintain I thank God I had so much acting experience mm -hmm. in my youth because I had to actually maintain this kind of neutral zoned face mm -hmm. when I was listening to some of the horrific, horrific details of these kids' life. And I, I even remember thinking at the end of some of these things, I need to ask for this kid's mother's number or father's number because I'm going to call that, you know, uh -huh. just the, the destruction of character right. and and just some of the things that would go on. And, and it made me very aware, even now in the one-on-one -on -one mentorings, that you are not dealing with a, a worship leader per se who comes to the table pristine and knows what they do. You can have all the gifting in the world, mm -hmm. but there, there is always in us, um, you know, this realm of what they really actually function with and what tools they're actually bringing to the table as opposed to what they feel like they actually have to offer. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we go after in that. I mean, some of them, it's like, I give them the the, the floor. So it's like, hey, this is your time. What mm -hmm. do you want to know? Mm -hmm. And my first kind of session with them all is trying to find out what it is they burn for as opposed to what they're gifted in. Because I think we, we toss the burning and the gifting around mm -hmm. And the burning is what ignites your actual passion for what you're gifted in. Mm -hmm. And most people don't know what they burn for mm -hmm. because they're like, well, I burn for songwriting. No, that's not a burn. That's a gift. Right. Burning is the actual intention. Like what is fueling this thing? Mm -hmm. And and most of, of the students that come in, they have to actually look in the area of their attack to find out where their burn is. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, I would even say 100% of the time, that if I'm, like for me, I when I figured um, my burnout, it was because I, I, was, um, I understood my, my attack. I was constantly riddled with discouragement and constantly torn down by hell that mm -hmm. I didn't have what it took, blah, 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 da, da, da. And... I realized, oh, because I burn for courage. I throw courage on people when I lead worship. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, it was like, no wonder I'm being constantly riddled with this. Mm -hmm. No wonder this is always after me. Mm -hmm. So that has been kind of the biggest um, power piece mm -hmm. in the mentorship is to equip them with an understanding 
of their actual burning. Because mm-hmm. if you understand what you what you what you're burning for, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you become the captain of your ship. Yeah. And you know that okay, God's the one that's actually steering this, mm-hmm. but I'm here to assist mm-hmm. the Lord and I'm not taking a back seat to this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you got so many people in ministry that are Jonah's asleep in the bottom of the boat. Mm-hmm. Because bad behavior is overtaken their lives, they don't no longer want to hear the Lord, and then they're bringing destruction wherever they go because they're running from the calling and they're running from the burning. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like what God's called me to, and what I have so much passion for, is to actually equip these these leaders and these creatives with an understanding of what it is they're actually capable of. Mm-hmm. And and if they're if they have an understanding of what they're capable of and that the fact that, oh, that's why I'm hunted down by hell all the time. It's uh-huh. like, mm-hmm. See that gifting? That's why he's constantly using that sin to destroy that gifting. Uh-huh. And if you keep giving that over to hell, then that's this is the, the end result of what hell because you're gonna be taken out of your position, you're gonna be taken out of this, and mm-hmm. hell will be like, done it, did mm-hmm. it. And so it's an equipping of that. And then when they actually see that, then I think it creates this, this uh, you know, roadway to be like, okay, so what is your, what is your greatest, you know, push in your team? I really wanted to, to raise up a songwriting culture. Let's raise up a songwriting culture. You want to know how to do that? Let's do that. Mm-hmm. I really want to like create synergy in our, in our team. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you really want to do that? Let's do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But we can't really get there unless we get to, well, tell me what you're burning for. Mm-hmm. Because you, if you don't know what you're burning for, you, have, you don't even know your own authority. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know your own authority, you have no ability to actually follow through with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because your own insecurities will actually take you out before you even start the process of these fundamental things you want to do. Yeah. And I think that's been life-changing yeah. for worship leaders yeah. is there's nobody in the church that's really doing that for them. Uh-huh. You know, I wish we had people on staff that, that really just did a, like a, a once a week or a once a month kind of thing where these worship leaders could come in and be like, okay, what's going on? What are the five main crises that have happened this week mm-hmm. or this month in, in your job and your position as a worship leader mm-hmm. and um, what has brought you to a point of despair or brought you to a point of just frustration and all the, and, and just let them vent mm-hmm. be like, this is this. Okay. Mm-hmm. That stuff is your crap. Mm-hmm. So let's now talk about how we're going to deal with that. Right. Don't take that into this. Right. And don't take that conversation into this person. That has nothing to do with that person. Right. You're mad because of this. this you know what I'm saying? Right. They need and, they need a space oh, to be held. They need to be heard. Yeah. They need to be encouraged. They need yeah. humanity. They need connection. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think when you're, you know, you guys pastor a church, you're putting these worship leaders, the first face that they see on Sunday mornings, uh-huh. and they're supposed to lead hundreds and thousands of people uh-huh. into the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Most, some of these leaders are like, they don't even know if they can carry the presence of the Lord. Right. And that, I just am like, oh God, oh God, we've got to get to the point where Mm -hmm. the enemy stops disabling Mm -hmm. the heart of the worship leader. Mm -hmm. And so that we can free up the worship leader to have the authority Mm -hmm. to stand on the stage and be like, oh, if if you guys aren't going to come, I'm going. Mm -hmm. So you either follow me there or or I'm going, but but I'll lead and you will feel the missing out of where you're not ready to go with us. And 
And I think that um, that's my passion in yeah. mentorship is to is to rate because these are twenty something leaders. They're yeah. they're in their twenties. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, let's get you, you know. And some of the language that I use, some of them are like. I've never heard anybody talk about that kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it's a shame. That's mm-hmm. really a shame in, in the church. Nobody's ever t- told you, you have the right to be free and then free again and then mm-hmm. free and then free and then so much free. Because the Bible says uh-huh. to him who set, the sun sets free is free indeed, uh-huh. which means freedom is a cycle. Right. To keep, be free, to 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 right. be free, and then to be free again. It's like this world's going to offer you crap in 12 months. Right. <laughs> Some of that crap's going to stick. Right. I don't know if crap is a bad word on this podcast. No, we're okay. Um, so I they'll, just... They'll bleep you out yeah, yeah. If, if they need to. <laughs> so, I, I mean, all that to say, I just am like, the, I, my passion as one who's been in that role for so long is I'm, I'm going to go out um, waving banners in balconies mm-hmm. and being like, I'm in your corner, I'm in your corner. And I think... Gosh, I think it's so scriptural because um, I always refer back to this, but when my nieces were really young, um, early college age, they came out when I was living in Charlotte for a week just to hang out, two of my siblings' kids, two girls, and um, we just hung out. And they were, you know, they had kind of really started really engaging with the with the Lord at that time mm-hmm. in their, you know, 19, 20-year-old age uh, bracket. They're both married now with several kids, and but... They ask questions. They just kind of, they would just be like, so what about this? And when God says this in scripture, what about mm-hmm. this? It was just kind of sweet and innocent. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I had said to them, hey, look, I'm your cheerleader. Mm-hmm. I've, done this, I've done this thing. I've done my 20s, mm-hmm. done my 30s. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm just in your balcony. Mm-hmm. When you need help in the journey. Mm-hmm. Just look up. If you think you're going to stumble in the journey, look up in the bleachers. Right. I'll have a cue card with your name on it. And I'll just be like, you can do this. Yes. Like, you can do this. Yes. And they wrote me this letter together when they left. And I opened this letter up when they were gone and they said, you know, Aunt Rita, we, we love you so much. And thank you so much for taking the time this week. Um, but we just wanted to say, we love that you want to be in our balcony. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're asking that you run the race with us. Mm. And I just thought, wow, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd never heard that response before because mm-hmm. I'm so okay being in the bleachers. Right. And I thought, wow, that's scriptural. Mm-hmm. That the old and the young can do this together. Mm-hmm. And that the role of the elder is to tell the younger, you are amazing. Mm-hmm. You are so beautiful. You are God's design. You could do this. There's nothing he hasn't equipped you for mm-hmm. that you can't accomplish. You can sing better than me. You can sing brighter than me. Your songs are going to go further than mine. Are. And mm-hmm. to be that, even that kind of a musician, because let me just tell you, in in the entertainment or the role that I'm in, it's very rare thing for someone that's a few years older or gone a little bit before to not feel almost like oh, somebody's coming encroaching on my space. Uh-huh. Somebody's come up. And I mean, I've been in rooms where I've sang and people that I looked up to, like women that I looked up to as singers, couldn't say one word to me in my youth mm-hmm. because they were not going to expend or, or give anybody anything that they weren't. You know, it's like I was, I was, a threat and a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I remember feeling that and thinking, I will 
never, mm-hmm. ever cost another kid mm-hmm. the ability to know what they're worth in a moment. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, maybe I'm one of a kind in that way. I hope not. You know, I hope not either, but I'm telling you in this business, it is like, it is so hard to find, you know, even still stepping onto the platform and feeling even when I open my mouth to sing and I still have the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, meh, whatever. I'm kind of like, meh, you know, for me, I just don't get hung up on myself, mm-hmm. but you can almost kind of still feel you know, people that are just maybe 10 years younger than you mm-hmm. that are like, I'm, st- oh my God, I'm still a threat to that person. And I'm like, I want nothing to do with that. Right. And so, you know, they used to call me even in my twenties, now you see or now you don't, mm-hmm. because I hated the competitive thing so much that I would sing my little thing, blah, 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 blah. And then I would like fly out the back door because I just didn't want to hear what people had to say. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to have to be in this thing where it created competition among other Mm-hmm. Um, uh, other worship team members, mm-hmm. um, because I was always this voice that um, that nobody else had, mm-hmm. which set me apart. Mm-hmm. But it was also, you know, um, in the industry, they, I was a, th- I, 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 I was told, oof, we don't know how to put you on Christian radio because you sound like Cheryl Crow, and that'll uh-huh. that'll wound Christians. And I was like. When did Cheryl Crow? You know what I'm saying? And but apparently my voice was too secular. They said your voice is just mm. way too secular. So I always felt that I was ahead of my time in a mm-hmm. lot of certain things. Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of these things, I think that the Lord has given me a understanding for, mm-hmm. and a heart for, and a grace for. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's just to teach that you know, mm-hmm. don't be like this, don't be like this. Right. Like, and I tell young people all the time don't hold so tightly to your vocation that you forget that there's a young person coming up behind mm-hmm. you that's learning underneath you and yeah. just wants yeah. to be, just wants to catch a vision and, and wants to be seen by you. you yeah. Know? So, yeah. And we're all temporary, no matter what we, yeah. what our vocation is yeah. like, but God's kingdom, God's plan is not. Yeah. And to hold someone back yeah. because of, the fear that they're yeah. going to take something from you. Your, your focus is on the wrong thing. Yeah. Like God is your source. God has a plan for yeah. you. And, and when he's done, he's just done with that portion yeah. of his plan for you. Yeah. There's still more. And, and well, there is a, maybe, you know, I, this is probably the last thing I'd say about that because I don't know how to articulate it, but and I try to articulate it to a younger generation. There is a power on courage mm-hmm. that I have never encountered on anything else. Mm. That when I've chosen to do that and be more, um, more um, enamored with a generation that's not my generation, more mm-hmm. unraveled by somebody else's gifting and talent, mm-hmm. and then pour everything into them and be like, no, 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 I don't have to do anything. You, mm-hmm. you come on. And you do it. There is a power that I found in the spirit that is almost like this. It's almost I, I don't I can't even find words for it. And the only thing that I can set it in is that when when Jesus, even in the, the New Testament, when he tutors and he trains the disciples, and you think twelve of these guys, you know, one failing at it, and then mm-hmm. the the addition of you know, some of these other brilliant men, Mm -hmm. but all of these thousands and thousands of years, 
the amount of courage that he poured on those. Mm -hmm. It's their it's their lives and their words that are still what's feeding us today. Absolutely. And I'm like, that is power. Mm -hmm. Like that is power. And if we could come into holding things so loosely and being so grateful for the Lord for what he's given us, mm -hmm. but not gripping so tightly to something, because when we grip so tightly to something, we miss out on the road or the journey that God has for us that, that are places that, that I've been able to go mm -hmm. that um, I don't think I would have ever been able to go if I'd gripped so tightly and been like, no, I'm going to ride this wave out, mm -hmm. you know, and see how far I can go or so high mm -hmm. I can climb. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I just, the power of learning the more behind um, letting go. Yeah. Um, and the beauty behind less, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, not going after, um, obtaining more in your gifting, mm -hmm. but going after, no, it's okay. I, I can humble myself and pull myself back and mm -hmm. let this person go ahead of me. And then they get the record deal mm -hmm. or, you know, and it, and sometimes it's like that yeah. they get the tour and yeah. they get the, this and they get the, to the, this and, and my road's been like, nope, I don't want you on that tour. But that's my breakthrough. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Like, if I got to be on that tour, like it would break through my music. I'm asking mm -hmm. you not to say yes to that tour. I'm just, mm -hmm. and then you're like, you miss out on that tour and you realize that your career's taken a five year hold because perhaps, it, but then all of a sudden you hear mm -hmm. stories about what happened on that tour and you're like, oh my, like years later, you're like, I was like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I would have lost my whole life if I'd have gone on that tour. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I probably would have pressed ahead in the but God knows where I would have been, uh -huh. you know. And so the, there's power in that position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the it's the less than position. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. so like Jesus. Yeah. I mean, man, if you if if you humble yourself, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what is the, the, the word says, you know, um, you know, humble yourself so that he can kind of he raise you up yeah. and him raising you up is just, it looks different than man raising you up. Yeah. I'm just telling yeah. you, you know, so. But the reward for that. Yeah. It's like, way yeah, it's out not, less. it's not going to be in a, in a check. Uh -huh. I'm just telling you how sometimes it doesn't come in a check. Sometimes it does for people, but it doesn't come in a check. It's a, it's a, I mean, it's this, just this really, um, deep breath and sigh of like, I've done this as to unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's, it's right with my soul. Mm -hmm. it's, it's well with my soul. Mm -hmm. I did this as unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that is clarity. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to bed at night and you're like, we're good. We're mm -hmm. good. We're good. You and, know what I'm saying? And legacy. Yeah. It's that's legacy. That's how it's you build legacy. legacy. It outlasts yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Rita, wow. I feel like sorry. I was like I feel like I should write you a check for no, the, the no. everything I just the education <laughs> that I just got from you and, and well, thank you so much for just even asking yeah, these questions. Yeah. yeah, what a joy. Yeah, to to be with you and to share um, in your to have you share insight has been just incredible. So thank you so yeah, much for welcome. joining us at the you're table, so and we will talk to you again soon. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Oh, 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 oh,